It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Halos Heaven podcast with your host, Dominic Lorenz. And today is a very special episode. It is our first off-season player feature, and we looked up and down through the Angels Farm system, and we found a terrific prospect. He is 25 years old from Boise, Idaho, and he had a terrific offensive season in AA Rocket City and AAA Salt Lake. And you, the fans, really wanted to see him alongside David Fletcher in the middle of the Angels infield in September when playoff hopes were done for. But the call-up and Major League debut have yet to happen, but we know talent when we see it, and we know there's a bright future ahead for this young infielder. So let's welcome in Michael Stefanik into the Halos Heaven podcast. Michael, welcome, and how are you doing tonight? I'm great. You know, thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on, and, uh, you know, just excited to be here. Awesome. Well... There's a lot to get into. You are such a multi-talented prospect in the Angels system, offensively, defensively, and we've seen your rise within a two, two-plus year span if you want to wipe out the 2020 no minor league season because of the COVID pandemic, and we'll get into that in a second. But we'll start this off first. October, the beginning of October, the AAA season ends with the Salt Lake Bees. And after eight months of hardcore baseball, 24 seven through spring training, through all the regular season games, and then it just dead stops. And mm-hmm. for the last three to four weeks, your life is completely different with somewhat no minor league baseball season. What has that transition been like for you? And what do you do at the beginning of the off season? Yeah. So honestly, you know, like you said, after eight plus months of baseball, it's, it's a little bit of a letdown at the beginning. You kind of find yourself you know, playing a lot of PlayStation, playing some golf, whatever you want to do, um, just to kind of get away from that for a little bit. Um, I'm usually the type of guy, um, I take about a week or two just completely off just to kind of rest the body. Um, I like pretty much everybody had a couple knocks going into the off season. So, you know, trying to get those healed up. And uh, But once the World Series hits or the NLCS, ALCS, I usually get back into it. I'm tuned in every night watching it and getting fired up to play again. So, um, yeah, currently right now I'm working out five days a week at the Angels facility in Tempe and uh, working an off-season job. I do some marketing for a firm out of Santa Barbara. So, um, yeah, enjoying the off-season and uh, really gearing up for 2022 at this point. Yeah, so in between that first couple weeks off, so here's a little kind of backup questions from what you said. A, who do you like the Braves or the Astros here in the World Series? Yeah, I mean, you can't go for the AL West rival. So I, I'm, I'm a big Braves fan this, uh, this uh, World Series for sure. Okay, good. So we're along the same page on, on, on this one here. And number two, you're working out at the Angels training facility in Tempe. Are you the only one there? Are there other minor leaguers or even some of the guys on the squad right now working out to you know, keep their strength up for next season? 
Yeah, so mainly I'm, I'm working out at the minor league complex still. Um, and it's a lot of the, the rehabbing guys who have dealt with, you know, surgeries or coming off pretty major injuries. Um, so that's the group I'm working with right now. I'm not injured. I just want to preface that. I'm just working out there because it's a place to work out and it's five minutes from my house. Um, we just uh, got a new strength coordinator and he's great. Um, he's working us out at the facility. So, um, yeah, things are going really well and I'm excited. You know, I'm starting a throwing program up here today, actually. And, uh, yeah, um, hopefully develop the arm strength a little bit along with the speed and agility. Um, but that's those are my kind of focuses for the offseason. Nice. And, and speaking of those focuses, let's kind of turn the clock back a little bit to – I would say the very beginning of 2020. Now, with you being in the minor league system in 2019 was your first full season in the Angel system. You played majority with the Inland Empire 66ers and you had a terrific season. And then you were ready to go for 2020. And then the COVID-19 pandemic hits. Everybody gets displaced. There's no minor league season. What did you do personally to keep your you know, mind and body focused and healthy during that time? Yeah. So um, in the beginning, when they sent us home, they originally told us, hey, we think it's going to be a week, maybe two. Um, so go home, stay ready, do what you can, obviously. And then, you know, as the months and the days ran on, it was it became pretty clear that we weren't going to have a minor league season, um, which was honestly a huge like break for me. I love playing baseball. I love getting to go to the ballpark every day and socializing with my teammates. Um, so that was a big letdown. Um, so I kind of I kind of just tried to get away as far away from baseball as I could for a few months, you know, in the heart of the pandemic. Um, I got really good at golf. Um, I, I did a lot of stuff outside and with, with the, the family and the people I was kind of quarantining with. Um, so that's really what I de did. And uh, once the, the pieces and the ball started rolling that there was gonna be a, a summer camp, I was hoping that I would get an invite. I ended up not, which was totally fine. Um, I started working out in my garage, you know, throwing, you know, with my dad in the local park, you know, that kind of stuff, um, hitting in the, the little league cages where I played baseball at just trying to, you know, stay ready. But, you know, at that point the all the gyms were closed where I was living at and it was, it was tough. I mean, I know for a lot of guys, um, uh, maybe didn't come into that year with the best of shape. Um, but it was, it was a blessing. You know, I felt like I really got my body prepared for 2021 and, you know, obviously, you know, turned a corner with some power and I really, you know, contribute that to the fact that I was able to just build up my body and my strength for, you know, 12, 15 months, whatever it was. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a letdown, but at the same time, I, I try to view things in a positive light and try to find silver linings. So, um, it, it was a blessing in disguise, hopefully for the rest of my career. Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of being a self-made man in that sense, kind of putting your own workout schedule together, you know, there was no gym. So you had kind of had to find your way through and you know, credit your dad for being the one to throw some catch to you. Hopefully he didn't injure his shoulder in any sense in the manner. He's all right. He's hanging in there. Yeah. So, you know, you, you take that self-made pandemic workouts and you transferred it into a fantastic 2021 season, 21 games at rocket city. Now, before we get into the stats, I got to get your take on this mm -hmm. is the name trash pandas, the oddest name for a team you have ever played for. I think it's got to be the oddest, definitely, but easily the best. Um, those those fans in Rocket City, man. I'll tell you what, in the heart of the pandemic, they showed up and they were loud and they were awesome to play for. I was only there for a short time, but shoot, it was so much fun going to the ballpark every day, knowing you're going to have 8,000 strong cheering you on. So that was a blast. And those fans are awesome. I can't credit them enough for showing up that first year. 
Yeah, and you take that playing for the Trash Pandas and you turn it into 21 games, a 345 average, nine, uh, nine RBIs, a home run, five doubles, seven walks, a good three-week, three-plus-week span, and you turn that into a dominant promotion to AAA, over 100 mm-hmm. games, and this is all career highs for you, 334 average, 16 homers, 54 runs batted in, and I'm a numbers guy, and I know yeah. the fans here at Halo 7 are numbers people as well. 21 doubles, 67 runs scored, and 45 walks. All career highs for you. Mm-hmm. What do you take from that experience at double A and triple A? Because those are the two highest levels you've been at in your career. So stat-wise, it looks awesome. But what did it mean for you, again, mm-hmm. after missing 2020 and then getting back into the full swing of things this year? I mean, it was awesome. Um, it, it, it was truly you know, I had some great teammates and some great coaches who were at both levels. And, um, you know, the, the biggest thing I contributed to was honestly, I started doing live at bat stuff in like December of 2020 coming into 2021. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to live in Tempe where the angels facility is located. And there are just so many pro baseball players in this area. And we started up some group chats and like some, some Twitter messages going on and, you know, we really got some live at bat stuff rolling super early. And I, so I probably had, I would say a hundred, maybe 120 live at bats going into spring training, which I had never had that, that many live at bats before. And, you know, I started spring training. I shoot, I think I hit 600 in spring training. It was, it was a blast. I, I never wanted it to end, but um, I started off hot and that was just like the confidence I needed after taking a year off to, you know, bring into this 2021 season and I was able to ride it out, you know, most of the way. So it was, it was a, it was a blast. It was a whirlwind and hope to build on it for next year for sure. Well, yeah. And then you turned all of that and you were named to the triple a West all-star team alongside teammate and now angel Joe Adele. Um, what is one fact that most people don't know about Joe Adele? Joe Adele. Um, let's see. Um, he takes the most incredible batting practice you've ever seen. Um, I remember watching, I don't know if you've been to a game in Tacoma at that's the triple a stadium. I have not. And that's, I think, is that the Mariners? I think Mariner, that's Mariners. Mariners triple a affiliate. So they have this big, probably 25, 30 foot wall in dead center field. It doubles as their batter's eye. So if you can just imagine it's 425 feet to dead center. Um, it's about th- 30 feet high, all green. Okay. This dude's just on a summer day in Tacoma, just hitting missiles dead center over a 30 oh foot wall. And it's honestly, I, I'm not one to take BP before the game because I don't like to get in that mindset of just trying to hit homers. Yeah. But, so, but in Tacoma, that, that was the exception. I stayed out and watched every single round that he hit because it was just <laughs> so incredible watching the ball come off his bat. It's just, I've never seen a dude with that much bat speed and, you know, just athleticism that he's, you know, he turned a corner this year and had a great year in my opinion too. So um, I think his career's looking nothing but bright too. So Yeah. And, and somebody like him and, and to play off Joe Adele, you in AAA this year, you played with a lot of guys that have not only been to the majors before or have been on the Angels, but, you know, AAA, the highest level of minor league baseball, and you're going to get a lot of guys going back and forth. Yeah. So in your time, you played with Joe Adele, Taylor mm-hmm. Ward, and Luis Renjifo, just to name a couple guys. With them being in the majors and coming back and having conversations with them, have you taken any advice from them about the major league level? So when it's your time and you get the call, you're, 
you know, I don't want to say fully prepared because, you know, stepping in the major league box is completely yeah. different from minors. Sure. Anything that they have told you in that sense? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and it was it was Wardy, it was Renhefo, it, it was Joe, but also it was guys like, you know, like Drew Butera who have been around and other guys like that on the team. It's just like, be yourself, right? You got there for a reason. You're where you are for a reason. Like, don't change anything just because you've made it to the big league level. And obviously I haven't yet, so I need to get better. But the plan is when I do get there, you know, I'm just going to continue being me and just unapologetically being me. Um, I'm not a guy who's going to, you know, light up the Raider gun across the diamond. I'm not going to be a guy who, you know, I was lucky enough to hit some power this year, but I'm more of a gap to gap guy, spray the ball around. Um, really just be myself and just like, it's the same game. It's a little more magnified because you're on TV and you're playing in front of a bunch of people, but you know, just focusing on what you control can control and just, you know, playing your own game is the biggest thing. And that'll help you be as comfortable as you can be at the, in the major leagues. Yeah. And the way you approach the game, you know, gap to gap, you're not, you know, you're not Shohei Otani and trying to blast almost 50 home runs a season, but the way you play the game and the way angel fans saw your rise this season, they automatically put you in the same group as angel second baseman, David Fletcher, and pretty much, you know, I don't know how much you look at social media. I know during the season, you guys are focused. Now us on the media side of things, we look at social media mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many comments, posts and different things with your name attached saying that the angels, once they fell out of playoff contention in late August, early September, that said, once they released Jose Iglesias, that you should be the number one person on the list playing side by side with David Fletcher. And it's, kind of funny in the sense because a we all think you deserve it and b you both are very similar players in that sense Mm -hmm. so with all the social media buzz what do you what do you want to say to the fans that are in support of you and really want to see you at the big at the big club this upcoming season um well first and foremost you know to angel fans everywhere i just want to say i appreciate you um you know advocating on my behalf is awesome and uh but just be patient. Um, I'm, I'm being patient too. My time will come and, uh, you know, I'm going to be excited and I'm going to play my butt off every day. The second I get that uniform on and, you know, even still when I'm in the minor leagues, that's how I approach it every day. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to be here. Uh, I'm going to go out and bust my butt and play hard and try to get a couple hits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're going to, you've worked, you know, your entire life to get to this point and you're on the cusp of getting those big lead dreams met. So let's, rewind the clock back a little further Mm -hmm. um maybe to when you were very young as a boy Mm -hmm. where did you growing up in idaho yeah where where did you get the love of the game for baseball was it from your parents was it from watching games on tv where did it all stem from yeah so i i played baseball growing up along with three other sports um like a lot of kids um but i really started to fall in love with baseball it was i think it was 2004 um i think i was eight years old at that time, um, it was when the Red Sox were playing the the Yankees in the ALCS in the famous comeback, and that was the first time my dad ever let me stay up late to watch a, a sporting event. So um, I got to stay up late till about midnight and watch the, you know, that epic comeback by the Red Sox, and I just totally fell in love with the the stories, the pageantry, everything about you know the game of baseball and how crazy it is because there's no clock, like you can't run it out, you can't you know waste the lead away, you got to just you know, 
throw the ball over the plate and hope they don't hit it. So that's really when I fell in love. So after that, I became a, a diehard Red Sox fan. But as soon as I was signed my contract for the Angels, I was no doubt a diehard Angel fan. Uh, my best friend from college is a, is a diehard Angels fan as well. So that was a pretty special moment to have when I got to call him up and say, hey, dude, I'm going to be an Angel. So um, yeah, that was, that was awesome. And I'm definitely going to be an Angel fan for life after the opportunity they've given me. Yeah, so basically maybe your Johnny Damon, David Ortiz t-shirts went to the back of the closet a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Someone exactly. in the family kept him from safekeeping, but you take the love of the game and you played Little League and then you get into high school and you have a terrific high school career, but the scholarships and the offers for big colleges weren't coming in. <laughs> and then you end up finding your way to Santa Barbara, California, Westmont College, how did you get to Westmont College? Um, well, it started, I was, uh, I was a junior and I was coming off an injury and uh, had no offers, wanted to play in college, um, but didn't really know where to start. Um, so a family friend of mine, uh, my dad's buddy from high school ran this like recruiting service and he was like, hey man, you should go to, you know, the Stanford baseball camp. You know, there's like a hundred different college coaches there. You've never been exposed to anything like that. Um, on ego do it and so i did and um, just as fortune would have it um rob ruiz who's the head coach at westmont still um was my coach at the stanford baseball camp and one thing led to another i probably hit you know i hit really well that week and he liked what he saw and uh you know i ended up walking on initially to the westmont baseball program some scholarship money came to me later um, but it was just, you know, so it's such by happenstance that I happened to go to that camp and find my way to Westmont is, is a special place and it'll always hold a great place in my heart for sure. Yeah. And you, you know, sometimes some people call it fate. Some people call it luck of the draw, but you get to Westmount and I read, I was reading a little bit about your college stats and I found this the most interesting. I want to see how this resonates with you. <clears throat> Stefanik was named to both all GSAC team and GSAC Gold Glove team four years in a row, becoming the first Westmont player to ever earn those titles all four years of college. Mm -hmm. So you are the lone name in university history. What does that even mean to you? Because it's offensive and defense of side of the ball. Yeah, and trust me, my, my defense will improve. Um, I, I see more social media posts than I'd like to let on. Um, I, it, it will improve. Um, I had kind of an injury this year that limited me a little bit, but it's getting taken care of, and it'll be better next year. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's good. It's, you know, being at Westmont was great. Obviously, I had a, a bunch of great teammates and still lifelong friends to this day. Um but it was just really the environment I was in. You know, I, I love to practice. I love to work on that stuff every day. I took really good pride in my defense and I still do. Um, but, you know, it was, it was the opportunity I was given as a freshman. I, I, I was the fourth starting, or was the fourth string second baseman coming into the fall of my freshman year and ended up winning the job. So, um, you know, I credit that to my, my, my coaches, my teammates and a lot of hard work. Um, that's really all it is. And I was fortunate enough to have a great four years there and Angels saw something in me that they liked and hopefully it continues. Wow. So you take all of that at Westmont, the all team offense, all team gold glove. And you think, you, I don't want to say you're riding high, but you're feeling good into the draft after a good collegiate career. Mm -hmm. You don't get drafted. Things don't work out initially. And I want to get your take because somehow, some way, 
maybe you can be up for an Oscar one day because you kind of made a homemade prospect video that got sent around to some major league teams. Yeah. Is that true? What's the truth to that? And how did yeah. that even happen? So, so here's the story. Um, this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I was, I was in a pretty bad place, to be honest, after the draft, just mentally. Um, and I, I did not know what I was going to do with myself. I had put all my eggs in that baseball basket. And, you know, after such a great college career, it was a disappointment to say the least to not hear my name called or see it on the ticker um, with the draft um, tweets. But, you know, I, I, I went home. I tried to figure out what I was going to do. Um, my girlfriend at the time, her uncle, uh, worked in the, in the front office for the San Diego Padres. And he, I, I had a meeting with him. I was like, Hey man, like, how should I approach this? Like, you know, should I do indie ball, whatever? I, I sent this, uh, prospect video, I guess you would call it. It was so bad. I filmed it on my, like an iPad or something. It was, <laughs> it was terrible, but, um, I sent it out to a bunch of different indie ball teams. I got zero responses from indie ball completely like absolutely nothing um and then i sent it to all 30 major league teams probably to about four or five different people for per organization so um, you can do the math on that um, a lot of emails sent um but yeah as, as fate would have it um mike gallego who's the bench coach now ended up seeing that video and i think they just needed an extra guy extra body at uh, the azl somebody had gone down and they're like they called me up and was like how soon can you get to arizona and I said, I'm seven hours away. I can be there tomorrow. Um, and there, there it was. And I signed my contract and away I went. And it was, it was about a two week period where I had to like onboard back into like playing shape. Cause I haven't played in three, four months at that point. So um, yeah, did the onboard and then just hopefully we'll never stop hitting after that. Well, it's the, I would say the whole iPad video is the very, you know, generational thing to do, you know, mm -hmm. back probably in the eighties and nineties, that option would not have been there, but here in, you know, 20, at least there 2018, it worked out for you in the best possible way. And as a lot of people say, what's the best ability availability and seven hour drive later, you're signing your contract with the angels in July of 2018. And that's pretty, that's a special moment. I would say, I think, do you have that picture frame somewhere in the house of you signing your contract or it, is that just a, a memory in your mind? What is that moment for you? Um, it, it's my pinned tweet on Twitter. So I definitely have the picture. I'm going to frame it at some point, um, hopefully after a long big league career. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was special. I, we never even, at Westmont, we didn't have our own locker room. We shared it with like four other men's sports teams. So just walking into the clubhouse in the Arizona facility for the first time and seeing that big A on the, on the door, it was just like, I had to pinch myself. It was like, hey, there's no way I'm doing this right now. And yeah, I still pinch myself every day when I get to go to the ballpark. It's a, it's a special thing and I love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being so close to the Angels facility right now and, and working hard this off season, 2022 is let's be real. It's right around the corner. It's now we're, mm. we're, we're filming this November 1st, Thanksgiving's almost here. Christmas is here. New year's and guess what? Spring training's a month later and back into the 
eight plus month grind of the baseball season. Mm-hmm. You did mention that you are working out right now. So what is the typical off season routine, um, you know, starting now and as you progress through November, December, and as you get closer to spring training? Um, offensively, in terms of hitting wise, I usually don't pick up a bat until about December. Um, I like to take my time, wear my hands back out. I mean, I'm fatigued mentally and physically from that aspect of it. So it kind of takes some off time off there. Um, in terms of strength training, I'm training five days a week at the Angels facility uh, with a three-day-a-week throwing program going into that too. Um, I'm implementing some driveline plyo balls into my training this offseason, hoping to gain arm strength to play the left side of the infield a little more. Um, and then after uh, after I, you know, fully healthy and I've taken my time to let my body heal, um, the defense will start here in about two three weeks and uh, we'll ramp up. Everything will get more amplified. And then starting December, I'll start hitting again and start putting it all together. So um, that's at least what it looks like right now. Um, but yeah, we're, we have a good group of guys at the facility right now and it's awesome to be there. Yeah, so... <clears throat> You get all those guys together. You guys are all sharing stories, sharing experiences, how to improve your game in, in multiple facets. Besides, I know you mentioned a little bit about your defense, how you really want to improve that this offseason. What specifically about your defense do you want to improve the most? And what are other improvements that you want to make to your complete game yeah. moving forward? Um, well, moving forward, I was hampered by a little Achilles injury this year that kind of plagued me a little more than I would have led on to people. Um, it hampered my movement, you know, a decent amount. Um, so just, just getting healthy on that um, should improve my range, but I'm going to hit the agility and the speed stuff really hard um, to be able to get to more balls. And especially in the, in the shifts that the angels like to play, I got to be able to move around in multiple different positions and get to balls that I get to more balls than I did this year. Um, and then in terms of throwing, just talking about it, it never hurts to be able to throw the ball harder. Um, and that's that's going to be important, especially playing the left side of the infield um, if I get an opportunity to do that, and uh, even in, in in the outfield if I need to. So um, those are those are the two main things I would say: speed and agility, and then um, just throwing arm, um, getting that better, improving that, getting healthy, and uh, getting ready to go for 2022. Now, in the infield, between second, short, and third, and as you mentioned, you know, if you have to go out in the outfield, you'll do whatever it takes. What is your favorite position of the three? And then on the field, what's your strongest of the three positions? Yeah, I would say second base is my favorite and my best position. Um, Even in high school, I played second base. I was never a shortstop. Um, So my first time ever really playing shortstop was in 2019 in Inland Empire. Um, a guy, guy went down and I had to fill in over there. Uh, I think I played about 50 games over there that year. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a fun position for sure. But, um, second base is my true position, but shoot anywhere I can get on the field. I, I don't care. I'm ready to help out wherever I can. Now here's a little, a little fun <clears throat> question for you. Cause I feel yeah. everybody wants to do this right now. Cause we've seen the emergence this year of Shohei Otani doing hitting and pitching and doing the, the whole shebang and at, at one time and barely getting any days off. Mm-hmm. Jared Walsh, first baseman for the Angels, he kind of did a little bit of that in minor leagues. Yep. Could you ever envision yourself as a two-way player? Um, 
you know, I've got a pretty nasty knuckleball, but I don't think it's good enough to get out any hitters. So um, <laughs> no, no way. Um, did you, did you replicate the knuckleball after Tim Wakefield? Your Red Sox days? <laughs> I did. I threw I threw it with a four finger grip instead of a two. But um, yes, yes, I loved watching Wake Wakefield for the longest time with the Red Sox. Um, yeah, so I, I just started trying to throw that, and it, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, so so if you ever get the call up and Joe Madden never calls up the bullpen phone or on the bench, hey, can anybody pitch? You know, you'll put your hand up and get some pitching numbers in there. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready to have an infinity ERA. Okay, so the infinity ERA, or hey, it could be 0.0. .0. You may have the best ERA in baseball history. We'll, we'll never know until it happens. Mm -hmm, that's true. <laughs> so let's get, let's get a little bit of your personality in this. Yeah. That, get a little, couple rapid-fire questions, five or six of them here as we get to the end here on the Hey, Let's Have a Podcast, episode number five, featuring Michael Stefanik. Uh, before we get to them, thanks for coming on the show. It's been so great to just talk and get into your mindset of what's been going on this season and, and projections for next season as well. Yeah. Th thanks for having me. I'm always excited to talk baseball. I love this game. So anybody who loves the game, I'm happy to talk with for sure. Oh, absolutely. That means you can, you can talk to me. You can talk to Halo <laughs> seven. We are there 24 seven right with you, man. So here we go. Some rapid fire questions. Give me the first thing that comes to your mind, whatever you like, and we'll have fun with it. So it. you did mention Boston Red Sox yep. growing up. So here's the first one. Who was an MLB player that you idolized growing up? Oh, Pedroia. I, I don't know if you can tell by the beard and the, beard. the, the, the short, the short, uh, you know, scrappy player that he was yeah. is what everything that I try to emulate. He's my favorite player growing up. Yeah. Similarly for me, it was, I played a little league baseball when I was younger <clears> and then I moved on to some different things. So clearly I'm not in the minor league baseball <laughs> MLB format. Sorry. But okay. for, for me, it was like growing up an Angel fan, it was David Eckstein and Sean mm -hmm. Fagan. So those scrappy speed players. So I'll, I get you on that one for sure. Um, favorite music artist or band and your favorite song from that person or group? Okay. Um, my favorite band of all time would probably be the Rolling Stones. Um, uh, I'm on a sympathy for the devil kick right now, just because it's around Halloween time. I love the, the bongo drums at the start and it gets me hyped. So nice. All right. Uh, do you have any pregame rituals? Pregame rituals. Um, yes, I play pepper before the game. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of people do this. I have the strength coach toss me, um, some baseballs just so I can kind of get the hand eye working. And I love to, uh, to see the seams and the spin of the baseball before the game out. I try to get in right in line with the batter's eye so I can see what I'm going to see in the game, at least in a slower speed. All right. Let's see. You grew up in Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Yep. Um, any hidden facts or special places or special insight? If anybody wants to travel to Boise, what would be the first thing you tell them about your hometown? Um, it's got something for everybody. Um, if you're a, if you're a summer person, there's lots of golf and water sports. If you want to, you know, if you're more of a winter person, there's great skiing. Um, about 45 minutes from my house is a, a big ski resort that we went to all the time. So it's got a little something for everybody. There's outdoor stuff to do. Hunting, fishing's great. Um, so anything you want to do, come to Idaho. Nice. Yeah, that's one place I have yet to been throughout the united states i've probably hit about maybe 30 mm -hmm. states boise is or idaho at least is still one and uh, is now side part letter b of the question about idaho is it true that everybody is a boise state fan 
No, I actually, <laughs> I actually grew up hating Boise State, and I still am not a fan today. Uh, both my parents went to the University of Idaho, which is in Moscow, which is in northern Idaho. Okay. Um, so I grew up the, the lone token Idaho Vandal friend, fan in my friend group. Um, so needless to say, when we were getting beat like 62 to 7 in football, I was getting it dished on me every day about how bad my team sucks. So uh, it is but what it is. But you're native to Idaho. You're not mm-hmm. jumping the Boise State bandwagon. You know, nothing against Boise State, but if you love the Vandals, you got to love the Vandals. That's That's got to be first and foremost. Yeah, it's, hard, it's harder to love them when, since they've gone to FBS or FCS or whatever it is. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I still just tend to watch college football every weekend regardless. Yeah, it's it's one of the great things, especially when you don't have to play baseball in September mm-hmm. um, when college football is going out at the same time, you can watch it and not have to worry about anything in October and in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes exactly. it a little easier. All righty. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this. Some people call it differently, but I call it the Island questions. Okay. Um, so if you're stranded on an Island for the rest yep. of your life, um, what one food or meal are you bringing with you? I say my, my grandpa's chili. Um, he makes the best homemade chili. We throw some red pepper flakes in there and we have some cornbread with it. It's phenomenal, especially uh, this time of year too. Uh, chili is a way to my heart, man. Oh, now I'm hungry now. <laughs> uh, what movie would you bring to the island? Um, the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, OG. Oh. Okay, so huge start. So I'm guessing Star Wars fan, you've seen every Star Wars made possible? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Now, for all the Angel fans out there, they're also Star Wars fans. What's your number one Star Wars character? I think I got to go with Obi-Wan. I think he's just so wise beyond his years. And just he made the ultimate sacrifice so Luke could escape. And it's awesome. All right. And then if you had to bring one person with you on the island, dead or alive, who's joining you in the island? Abner Doubleday. I let, let's talk to him about why the mound's only 60 feet away as opposed to 65, make it a little easier to hit for us. Huh? <laughs> the perfect hitter's comment right there. <laughs> the perfect hitter's always trying to find that advantage at the plate. Yep. Um, and last one here before we wrap it up. In your minor league career, who has been the toughest pitcher hmm. you've gone against? Let's see. Uh, okay, here's the guy. He pitched for the the Giants this year. He was on their uh, NLCS roster and NLDS roster. It was, I don't remember his first name, but his last name was Doval. He has these the the dreads. He's a Latin dude, and he throws like 103 and like heavy two seamers, and it's just oh, the worst at bat ever. It's just I think I've I faced him coming up in High A again with San Jose, and then I faced him again this year in AAA, and it just reminded me how just. I don't like to hit off him at all. I just, I think I've punched out every time and I don't punch out a lot, but he punched me out, I think every single time this year. So especially those two seamers coming in on a right-handed hitting bat. Yeah. Not yeah. fun. Those are not fun. Those are going to numb up your hands a little bit at the end of the day, especially coming one Oh three out of the mm-hmm. hand. <laughs> exactly. Well, perfect. Well, Mike, it was so great to talk to you. It was so great to get an insight about, what led you to this season, such a strong 2021 campaign in Rocket City and Salt Lake? You know, I've mentioned it to you. The fans, they can't wait to see you in an Angels uniform. Mm-hmm. If it's alongside David Fletcher or maybe even right next to Anthony Rendon at short, um, fans are looking forward to it, man. You, you've put your heart and soul into this. We can see that there's so much talent. Uh, and, and such for a young guy at 25. I'm 26, going on 27. So 
I don't want to sell myself short, but you've accomplished much more than me in the base, <laughs> in the baseball career side of things at such a young age. So angel fans are really rooting for you. We're rooting for you. So keep working hard. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the future. And uh, don't be a stranger here to Halo's heaven. We'll have you back on talking baseball whenever you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. And I hope to see all of you guys in Anaheim next year. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely. Well, fans, that will do it for this episode of the Halo's Heaven podcast player feature edition with Michael Stefanik. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Continue to work out well here in the fall and winter, and we can't wait to see you in spring training and moving forward. Sounds good. Thank you.